welcome to Trinity College Dublin Talks. We're very lucky to have with us the charismatic Reverend Dr. Julian Hamilton, also known as Jules. He's a Methodist minister and currently the chaplain in residence at Trinity. He's one of four chaplains we have. He's also hugely popular around here, so we're really excited to have you on today. Welcome. Oh, that sounds like <laughs> so much pressure, Katie. Thank you so much. That was like, yeah, oh no, what are people expecting now? <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> uh, so let's start from the beginning. What got you interested in ministry and ecumenics? Oh, wow. Uh, how long do these podcasts go for? <laughs> do we, you know, uh, I could talk for hours on that. So I trained in education. I was, so I came, I left school and I went into teacher training college in Belfast and came out with a degree to teach religious studies and history. And at the end of four years of teacher training and more specifically uh, practical practice in teacher training school, that was enough to keep me out of the classroom forever, I think. So that, that completely put me off. <laughs> that, that complete, so, uh, and it just so happened at that point that my church, uh, the Methodist Church in Ireland, where asking for, uh, they, they, they were uh, appointing what they called was a national youth evangelist. What a great name, great title. Uh, it had to be called that for funding issues, I think. But essentially it was a national youth worker role helping to develop youth work amongst uh, different kind of groups of Methodists around Ireland. So I spent the next five years then kind of traveling all around Ireland as a, as a youth worker, representing young people, being a voice for them in in, in, you know, in, in the structures of the church, trying to organize events. And, and actually, so the first kind of event I ever got involved with was called Autumn Soul. We started that 20 years ago, <laughs> and it's still going. I'll be, I'll be doing one of the oh. seminars in Autumn Soul in a couple of weeks. So it's really lovely to kind of still see those things that I was involved in decades ago still going uh, and still, you know, do, doing great stuff in Ireland. So I, I left that, and uh, but I never left youth ministry. So I stayed uh, and kind of uh, I started a little company called Youth Spirit, actually, and did some project work and consulting work, as they uh, call it terribly, uh, in, in church world. And then I had... I like I, I'm not going to go into it big time, but I had what you could only describe as a kind of unmistakable, weird spiritual experience, which was a call to ministry. And uh, struggled with that uh, over a lot of time, actually, and ignored it and pretended it didn't happen. And, uh, but finally, whenever I was in my early 30s, um, there's a few things came together that made me say, okay, is this actually about going back to, to minister school? So I went back to minister factory and went back to college, did my master's, and thankfully the Methodist Church in Ireland sent me back to college again, to Trinity College. Right. And so that was 12 years ago. Okay. So this is my 12th year in Trinity, and oh my goodness, time flies when you're having fun. Your 12th year, I was gonna ask that because I heard you were I know, I look, I look much younger. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you have been confused as a student before though, so. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what happened to me last week? And you might wanna edit this out, but I was, I used a staff toilet in, uh, in one of our buildings. <laughs> I used to, and, and then I heard the door click and somebody come in and I was like, ah, excuse me. And then someone, oh, you meant to lock the door. Uh, and I'm like, okay. So then whenever I came out, uh, she was standing there. And she was like, are you a staff member? And I'm like, yeah. Don't and you know who I am? And well, I, I was like, well, would you like to apologize first for opening the door when I'm in the toilet? Which is then, no, she just wrote, are you a staff member? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you do? I'm one of your chaplains. <laughs> oh, right. 
Okay. They'll <laughs> never forget. In the toilet. <laughs> True story. Oh my goodness. Twelve years. Okay. Twelve so years. Yeah. You're a piece of the furniture now. Um, so just tell us, for people that might not know, what does a chaplain do? What does your day look like? Do you know what? I'm not going to lie. It's um, Whenever I say every day looks different, it really genuinely does. And how I normally describe being chaplain of Trinity is that there is, you get involved in the life of the college. So actually Trinity is in a really unique position in Irish universities. Trinity um, doesn't pay its chaplains. Um, which means that we stand just outside the kind of the official structures of, of the, the college. And some people think that the college should kind of step up and pay its chaplains, but, but our, our churches pay for us to be there. And I think it's really good, actually, because first of all, I think the churches should take some responsibility for the spiritual life in schools and colleges. But also, I just think that little slight separateness that the chaplaincy holds in Trinity allows us to try to speak to the university in ways uh, that maybe other departments can't. So we, we come under student services, we're there on behalf of students, but I certainly see myself as being there in, on behalf of students and staff. And in fact, all the chaplains do, we consider ourselves chaplains to the university, not just to the students. But I would be, you know, I've been involved in some of the very best and most fun and craziest and wildest and brilliant uh, you know experiences uh, I, I run i run pilgrimages that get together uh, irish and british students with palestinian and israeli students in a program called space to breathe you can never do something like that without getting taking some abuse for it not everybody agrees that we should have everybody talking you know right through from that kind of really big experience that has been life-changing for students and for me to be fair um, right through from those best of things right through to the worst of things. You know, we have, we have students um, uh, who die and those moments are always the most kind of difficult and stretching. Uh, perhaps when a student goes missing, it can be really traumatic. So literally those two ends of the spectrum and everything else in between. And so consequently, if no two days the same, you know, I, I could have a day planned with uh, some meetings, you know, maybe the student life committee or, talking to some staff or have a couple of conversations lined up with students who want to talk about uh, something that we maybe meet together regularly to talk about. Um, and then you just get a phone call from the counselling department and, and that's your day. You know, your, your day can be gone and change from that, from that moment on. So, so they can kind of recommend some students to come talk to you? Well, if, if they call like that, it's usually a bit of a crisis okay. uh, and that can happen. But, but the recommendation absolutely works both ways, actually. There's a load of students who'll sit in my office and I will say, do you know what, I'm going to walk over with you to the counselling department or I'm going to connect you with someone that I want you to connect with. And it's really lovely then that the counselling staff do the same thing. So, uh, you know, I will, I will get... Uh, usually emails or sometimes a call from one of the counsellors and saying, do you know what, I was talking to somebody and they've got just some stuff that I think it would be really cool to sit with you about. But you, you, we're chaplains, we're not trained counsellors, but uh, we are spiritual directors. So if somebody has a spiritual question or there's, you know, questions of, you know, dignity, hope and meaning that we all have, you know, those big questions, then, then I'd like to think we can help with those. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and my honest answer is, and I hope it doesn't sound patronising, because I know it can, but actually, you're hanging out with a bunch of 18 to 25 year olds, 
And those years in college are whenever people decide who they want to be. They actually make decisions about the humans that they want to be and the way they want to impact the world, if they want to impact the world at all. So there is nothing more exciting and meaningful than actually being able to sit with people who are asking questions like, do you know what? Who do I want to be in this life? Um, and why? So I, I love that stuff. Um, so yeah, the very best, uh, as well as some of the very worst of life's experiences. So if somebody wants to come and talk to you, do they do they call you up or do they email? How, how does that so work? we have the chaplaincy. You know, all, all four of us have uh, have rooms in House Twenty Seven. Uh, this, the senior tutors on the first floor. We're on the next two floors, and people can just come up, knock on the door. We've got a we've got a common room which always has free tea and coffee and biscuits. We're very disgusted that what normally happens is that students find us, come to love us, <laughs> accept our common room as their own living room, <laughs> and then don't tell anybody else in case they don't get a seat or they somebody else eats all the biscuits. So it's as, so among students, it's a real shocker. You know, our regulars who we see every day would just be like, no, I'm not telling anybody about this place. I'll not get a seat if everybody starts to come to the chaplaincy common room. But it's just a hangout area. You know, yeah. it's a really lovely space. We do soup every Tuesday. We, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we feed loads this term, actually. The, it's, it's always packed. You can always uh, draw them in with food. Yeah, yeah, totally, <laughs> yeah. First rule of student ministry, bring food. Yeah. every single time but and then so people will just knock on the door and that happens quite a lot but actually the longer i'm here the more people would send me maybe a, a facebook message or an email and say are you around at three o'clock today or can i speak to you sometime tomorrow so it's almost there's a lot more kind of appointments for want of a better mm. phrase now and i love those because if it's a nice day i'll be like come on let's let's grab a bench somewhere on campus uh, and and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Do you know the worst day I ever had, actually, Katie? I can tell you, the worst day I had was whenever I had about three or four of those knocks on the door uh, that were unexpected, uh, and lots of tears that day, and the tissues in my office ran out. So I still, oh I still say that was the worst day for me being a chaplain—the day that the tissues ran out oh my in my office. What did you do? Uh, actually, I ran next door to the to the to the Catholics, and because. <laughs> No, I did, yeah. And because one of the one of the priests had seen somebody kind of walk into my room crying, he all, he knew what I was looking for. So he just basically, almost without looking up, he picked up the tissues and just kind of passed them across the room. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank you. There's teamwork as well. There you alive. go. Yeah. Well, we're an ecumenical chaplaincy, you know, and that's yeah. important to us. Uh, and as, you so know, sorry, what does that mean now? Somebody so yeah, know. okay, yeah, great question. Uh, ecumenism is whenever churches work together. Um, uh, it's it, you know the ecumenical movement is a is trying to discover the things that unite us more than divide us. So an ecumenical chaplaincy says, yeah, there's 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 I'm a Methodist. There's two priests there. We've got an Anglican priest, but actually we're all the one chaplaincy. We're all Christian. We're all working towards the the same uh, or should be working towards uh, the the same goals of seeing you know seeing God on campus, seeing God alive on campus in mm -hmm. ways that, that it's needed. Of course, that's slightly more complicated by the deep religious history Trinity has. Yes. You know, hundreds and hundreds of years of the best of that type of religious expression, which is very formal and, and quite, quite high. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Methodist, so high church just makes me giggle, and I enjoy it. It could be further from the truth. <laughs> from our students today, no, I mean the oh, for you know, students, the actual yeah. population of well, Trinity is no, so varied that no, it's not, and and, and you know, so that yeah, you know, you, you, 
the, the actual population could not really connect with, with what I just kind of called high church at all. Yeah, that, and, yeah. It's quite right. Interestingly, there are some students who absolutely love it. Uh, and they volunteer and they, they, they run things and they play their part. And so it, it can be really interesting to, to get to know the students who really value uh, that sort of ritual and uh, you know maybe even quite legalistic approach in some ways. And certainly in Ireland, you know, you know there's a lot of people connect religiously still through those religious ritualistic set ways, whereas I consider myself to try to come at things from the other angle, because certainly Anglicanism and Catholicism can be quite staid in how they do things. And there's people who connect with that, and it's great. Um, but that's kind of the reason I would do things like God on Tap, which is about, you know, food and a beer. Usually th this, this semester has been pizza and beer and God conversation in my apartment. Sometimes we meet in the path, we, I hire out the alcove in the path, and we would have a guest, and give them a few minutes to speak, and then we'll have you know, food and beers, and we'll continue the God conversation. So that that's the sort of stuff that I would do. While there is the other ritualistic things happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're just something for everyone. You're just setting me off on one night, Katie. Like <laughs> you just you get me talking, and I'll go on forever. You've got loads of time. <laughs> so, what's your favourite part of the job? Do you know what my favourite part of the job is? Actually, what I alluded to earlier, uh, and I hope it doesn't sound patronising, but I think I see. Uh, boys and girls arrive in Trinity and I see young men and young women leave. Uh, I think people people have big questions about life in these years and being able to stand alongside, walk alongside as, as people are literally growing up and choosing career and choosing the options. You know, it's not just about work, it's about who I want to be and they're deciding that. So that is by far uh, the favourite thing that I get to do. And for some people that's a really traumatic experience. Some people are trying to really escape uh, the, I want to say shackles, it's too strong a word, but like kind of it, it escape the conformity of home. Because uh, we all have to, we all have to get to a place where like, do you know what, who, who do I want to be? You know, what am, what am I going to do? Am I going to move country or not? Am I going to have a career or not? So being alongside people in those years, deadly exciting. Someday yeah. I might have an answer to that myself for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so let's get to the Good Summit. This mm. is an event you've co-founded. It's coming mm -hmm. up next Thursday in Trinity. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about it. It's giving me sleepless nights at the minute. <laughs> you know, that's, so that's a good start. It is, uh, oh, it's, it's part of the joy of my life. It really is. I co-founded it with uh, an ex-Trinity student called um, Amr Dawood. He's a... Uh, a brilliant young social entrepreneur. He left Trinity several years ago. And Amr, uh, we, we would have known each other during his college years through his connection with the Muslim Society. And so we would have done some Christian Muslim things together. Some, you know, he, he came on the very first Space to Breathe program, actually, you know, getting Palestinians, Israelis, um, Christians and Muslims together. Uh, so he, he was part of that in the beginning. So we got to know each other well. We became friends. And just after... He left, I think it was 2015 in, in November, and the horrific uh, Paris attacks where people were killed in the Bataclan and, and other places in Paris. Uh, horrendous. And the Students' Union did a peace vigil in Front Square, which was really moving. There was about 500 students there. And, you know, we all had candles and we, 
kind of lit candles and banished the darkness that night. It was a really, it was a really beautiful, poignant solidarity moment actually. And, and Amar and I were asked to address that gathering. So Amar said uh, some things uh, and then I said some things. And after that, I was, you know what? We gotta do something that, that matters. And he's like, yeah, 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 when? What are we doing? What are we gonna do? So um, that became you know, his, his love of social enterprise and corporate social responsibility. And my love of gatherings and getting people together uh, morphed into the Good Summit. And so, uh, you know, we talked about it, we tried to make it happen. And then last year we did, we made the first one happen in Trinity. Uh, and we had, you know, about 200 tickets sold. And we had a great group of people turn up who just really enjoyed it. And that's maybe one of the things that I, I took away was that, you know, you always say you want to hold an event that inspires people. But then whenever people at the end of the day are going, wow, this is amazing. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> yes, it was still surprising. So it was really good um, to be inspired by, like we had nearly 40 speakers last year and we've got the same this year. Um, so we, we want it to be an event that celebrates common good. We want to cultivate uh, and celebrate the best things that are happening for positive social transformation. So what's happening in health? What's happening in education? You know, what's happening in the world of faith? What's happening in environment? What's happening in sport? You know, politics. You know, you look around you at the world at the minute and you watch the news. You know, and actually next week, the 17th of October is the Good Summit. There also happens to be a major European summit that day that is deciding, you know, really the next few years for, for Europe, for Britain and for Ireland. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that's happening that is bringing uh, dislocation uh, to, to this world and kind of, again, the word broken is really strong. I'm not sure I want to use the word broken, but certainly as we look around, there's a lot of things that people get anxious about. Um, and, and we want the good summit to say, do you know what? here's some of the things we're celebrating. Here are really positive things that are happening in the world of tech, for example. Uh, so yeah, we, 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 wanna, we wanna take that 12 hours, kind of nine in the morning to nine at night, basically. The way the day looks, uh, people will arrive, everybody's in together for the first hour and the provost will speak and we've got Simon Anholt who started the Good Country Index coming back. Uh, so, and and uh, also Claire Lyons who, who runs mental health improvement in the NHS in the UK. So really kind of some really inspiring and key people uh, to set us off in a day. And then there's a bunch of seminars, everything. Uh, you know, we've got a seminar in the North, which I are on the North um, called, well, I think it's just called What's Going On Up North. Although I wanted to call it "What the feck is going on <laughs> up north," but uh, I was I was outvoted by by people. Didn't make but it past the committee. Yeah, didn't make it past the committee. That's exactly right. But you know, we've got we've got one of the assistant chief constables from Belfast. We, you know, Trevor Ringland, the expedition Irish lion, who has uh, really spent um, his his life since being an international rugby player, helping to bridge the gap between north and south. And we've got Father Martin McGill who was the preacher at Lara McKee, the journalist funeral mm. who was killed in Derry. So, you know, that's just, uh, and that's only some of the people on that panel. Uh, so we've just got some really uh, cool people coming who are doing great things in the world and we want other people to converse with them, to have conversation with them, to hear from them and listen to them. That almost gives us that kind of Obama feel of, Yes, we can. Mm -hmm. And actually, Brett Bruin, who worked in Obama's White House as director 
uh, of globalization uh, or something like that, director of global affairs, I think it was. Uh, he now runs a, a consulting company called The Global Situation Room, looking at how do we affect, how do we take on some of the world's biggest problems. So yeah, he, he was the director of global engagement in Obama's White House, that's what he is. So he's coming, uh, he's going to be addressing a little kind of private uh, event for speakers and guests the night before, and then he's going to be taking part in a, in a conversation with Simon Anholt and Deidre Mortel, who runs Social Innovation Fund Ireland, on what are, what are some of these great things that are happening in the world that are, that are positively changing how we are together with each other. It's really taken off. And, and, we, and, and we wanted yeah. to. Well, you know, this is the second year, but we also we did the first Good Summit Australia last July. Uh, and Amr, uh, Amr is really living in Egypt now. And whenever he does an event out in the MENA region, Middle East, uh, North Africa, he does it as a Good Summit. You know, so we have presence there. And he, uh, he, he, was, he took, took us to be part of an event um, that was a storytelling event in Spain, storytelling uh, for, for the deaf community. So we've been involved in many events this year, but yeah, so this will be the third actual Good Summit within 12 months. And just yesterday, we were talking about dates for, for the Good Summit Australia next year. So we're really, here, here's the thing, people want to talk about this stuff. That's what I've discovered. It's not just, hey, let's all be positive. Let's all pretend that, yes, we can. Mm. Uh, you know, you've got to be real about this stuff. You've got to be authentic. Uh, and whenever you try to be authentic, people want to join in that conversation. People want to believe that there is uh, other ways to work as human beings. There are other ways that, that we can cooperate. There's other ways we can be together. There's, you know, how, how, do you, how do you handle the environmental crisis that we're in? Well, you certainly don't don't do it by yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I love um, the Greta Thornburg um, uh, story, especially over the last few weeks. And I saw recently the photograph of her on her first school strike, sitting by herself on the pavement outside the Swedish embassy. A really stark, isolating, grey photo. And then the next one that that you see is her standing in in front of the school strike day a couple of weeks ago in New York, hundreds of thousands of people behind her. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, people care about the stuff. People will, will jump on board where, uh, where real questions and real conversations are happening. And certainly she shows the power of one. She, she really does. And I suppose in Good Summit, we've got two main values that we hold to. And one is that you're responsible. You're able to respond. People have a responsibility to the earth, to themselves, to each other. Uh, you know, you are able, and you should actually be able. You know, what, what is it that you're called to do, for want of, of a better language? What is it you're passionate about? You are able to take action with the things that matter to you, and you should. And the other thing, the other main value then is we are better together. You know, you actually can't and shouldn't have to do it by yourself. Look at those photos of Greta. We are better uh, together. And so we, we live with the constant pull and tension of those two main values. Yep, you are responsible. Yes, you should care. Yes, you can. And actually, yes, we're also better together. Um, so that's, that's why it, it's, it can be a difficult event to market because there is, you know, we're not saying we're going to involve the world crisis by doing this. Uh, we haven't got one answer for one problem in the world. We recognise the complexity of the problems that the world faces at the minute, and we recognise there is not one group of people who have an answer to everything.
So educationists don't, corporates don't, faiths don't, uh, the banking system doesn't, governments are showing themselves to be largely inept mm -hmm. as well at the minute. But if we're all together, if we're all in the room, if we're trying to learn from and for each other, then we can actually begin to get somewhere. And we want the Good Summit to create connections at last. And we want to cultivate more goodness uh, and get more fresher ideas about how we can be better together. Okay. Right. Thanks very much, Jules. And it's been great. An absolute pleasure. I really should stop talking now because I'll, I'll, I'll just keep going on. Maybe you just fade me out because I'm just going <laughs> to be It's been great. Okay. Katie, thank Thanks you very much. so Thank much. you.